Well, folks, it is, of course, the Kev and Pickle Show. This week, we are delighted to welcome on Baz Black for an interview. Baz, thanks so much for coming on, mate. How are you? No problem at all. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks a million for having me. Pleasure. Delighted, man. Delighted. Kev, you are straight away getting into this, right? You like your tattoo, right? You like a lot. I don't think I like them as much as Baz does, but yeah. Uh, with, the, with the tattooing, uh, yeah, you, you had your own shop here in the dock uh, with the tattoo, with the, with the piercing uh, and so on. But like, you, you have a number of tattoos. Do you think there's a, still a stigma or a stereotype around tattoos or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is. Uh, it is getting better. It's becoming more mainstream. Um, obviously, I'm heavily tattooed, so my circumstance is a little bit different. Um, the older generation will still have the stigma against it, and that's the way they were brought up, and we have to understand that that's the era that they came from. You know, it was criminals and sailors, and um, so they still have that stigma against tattoos. Um, the younger generation, you would think, would be moving on, but you know, sometimes you are who your parents are and they pass on the stigmatization and you get the younger people that have it as well, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, because they're becoming more mainstream and pop stars and footballers and stuff like that, it is progressing a little bit. Um, I'm kind of from the rebellious side of the tattoo era, the industry growing up, and that's the reason I did it. So it becoming mainstream kind of <laughs> defeats yeah. the purpose of you know, the rebellion of it. But yeah, it is, I think it is moving in a, in a positive step, slowly but surely, you know. But, and Kev, do, you still, do you still remember your first tattoo? Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a, a dragon on my arm, and it was the crest from the martial arts that I've done all my life, jiu-jitsu. So that was, yeah, that was my first one. Happy days. Hey, well, Kev, you abuse me, or did on the show, a lot about not having any tattoos, and not you become who your parents are, right? But my dad was very much like, if you get one, I'm going to kill you type of thing, like, right? Now, he's yeah. been dead for like 12 years, but I still haven't got one, right? Um, so, now, Kev, you, you've been telling me, like, I have to do this. Now, the podcast especially, it's like, you have to do it, you have to do it. Baz, you have it everywhere, right? I'm going to ask you, right, how sore is it really? Like it really, and just from having tattoo shops, it, it depends on, on pain threshold. Everybody is so yeah. different, you know, um, and it depends, <laughs> it depends where you get them as well. I mean, like anywhere there's bones, like the ribs or the ankle or anywhere you're tattooing on bone, they're definitely the worst. And uh, the, the meteor places are a lot easier to get done. And it depends on the tattoo artist who's doing it as well, you know, and um, being tattooed by a woman compared to a guy, a woman's going to be a lot gentler than a guy sometimes. And Good to know. It, yeah, there's, there's lots of different factors to it. Um, but like me personally, I found the head was excruciating, the ribs, the armpit and the backs of the knees, they were fucking disgusting. So never get those areas. No, mine was always here. Forearm. I always wanted just one on the forearm. That's you're, all. You're like, I'd say be okay though. Well, I have plenty of meat on me. Like, I have plenty of, you know what I mean? Like, there's not many bones. I, I don't understand, Baz. I don't understand the lads, the lads or the girls. Well, the lads, I mean, you know, uh, it's not so at all. It's not so at all. Like, I don't understand that when, that's, I think that's lads just trying to be the big lad. Like, yeah, you get that, yeah. You're, you're, st you're still getting a needle inside yeah. onto your body, like, a, a, a whatever, yeah. many, in per second, like, you know what I mean? It's, it, it does hurt, like. 
Definitely, yeah. And um, it's always the, the biggest guys that are the biggest bitches, <laughs> believe me, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, anyone who's like, it's not sore, it's not sore. I mean, of course it hurts, but it just depends on how you can, how well you can deal with it, you know. Um, but to be honest with you, you're almost cooler not to have a tattoo these days. So, <laughs> you know. I'll, I'll like, go with that lane. So well, with that when, when someone's yeah. been talking about it for the last 12 years, Baz, I'm yeah. going to get one, I'm going to get one. And then it's... Yeah. It's still going on all that time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to get. Almost, yeah. almost cooler. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I wouldn't know what to. I'd be like fucking Rachel and Phoebe are friends. A butterfly. I think you should get a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. I just wouldn't know what to get. Hey, but no, you said a bit stigma, but, right? And we were talking. You were saying there was stigma about older generations and that, right? Now, we might be a podcast that only started a year ago, but I know certain things that you've been on, and I refreshed on it today, right? You sat across on the Nolan show, right? Once upon a time, from who can only be described as the most infuriating woman or human being in the world, right? Katie, oh God, Hopkins, Hopkins, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kate Hopkins, yeah. Kate, right. How did you, like, and I don't want to go into it, but how did you just not leap across the table at her, like? Yeah, I mean, those kind of situations, um, I always just have to remind myself that I'm unofficially representing the industry yeah. and people who want to be different and, you know, portray themselves and what they want on these shows. And honestly, I've said no to more shows and I've said yes, because they want to dramatize it and they want to feed in to the idea that you're a tug and that you can't verbalize a conversation and they yeah. want you to get angry and start cursing and shouting. So as much as what she was saying was pissing me off, you just yeah. try and re remind yourself where you yeah. are, you know? Um, but the funny thing about K Katie Hopkins is, like, it was all bullshit. And yeah. before we went out, um, she was, like, admiring my tattoos. She was lifting up my fucking top. She said, I love tattoos. And before we went out, she said, don't mind me. I get paid to be a bitch, right? And then we went out, did the whole thing. And then afterwards, big hugs. She was like, oh, you bastard. You call me out my earrings. That was brilliant. Come on, we'll go get a drink. Like, so she was completely like, it's yeah. all falsified. And um, she literally goes home and thinks up stuff that's going to annoy people. And so, um, yeah, uh, you just have to try and remind yourself. If it was on the street or anything, it'd be a different story. But when you're on something public like that, you just have to rein yourself in, you know? Yeah, not really get fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I probably would have left across, but still, no, you're a better man than me. <laughs> yeah, um, and that video in particular brings the most amount of hate into my life. Um, like it, it resurfaced there on Twitter and it went viral like fucking over a million and a half views or whatever. And I got three death threats, I got people pin dropping my address, my home address, and Christ. Um, you know, the comments, and I don't read comments anymore because yeah. there's some hate and stuff like that, but they were literally following me and finding me like on YouTube and my email and Instagram and Twitter. Just these people, like they're just fucking absolutely insane. But that video in particular seems to bring out the the worst uh, keyboard okay. workers of anything I've ever done. Yeah. Okay. Sorry for bringing it up. Then. No, 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 it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's fine. Well, like, you were talking about older people like there's my mum was in, in your shop at one stage and she got a piercing done in or here we were to help with, trying to help with migraines and stuff like and it is I think it is just that that, that visual aspect sometimes uh, buys that people just kind of you, you kind of you're taken aback by mm. I think the facial tattoos more so than most yeah. and then she was like but like she said to me and then he started talking and it's just like 
he's just he's just a normal chap. I'm like, well, what did you expect? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is that it is that kind of that first visual experience. I think you probably see of your buzz, and then it's just like, no, it's. It, I think that's some people have that probably perception of it. Definitely, and I mean, it's it's something that I when I had the shops over the years, it's something that I used to enjoy with somebody coming in, being very intimidated, seeing how we look, and expecting us to be one way. And them leaving with a massive smile on their face, can't and they can't believe how lovely you know we are. So yeah. there, there's that side of it that I love. What what is very frustrating throughout my life though is that I always feel like I need to prove myself to people to be like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it takes it takes about twenty minutes for me to get past the tattoo conversation and that before it gets to my real personality because okay. I just answer the questions like so often and the same things and the same perceptions that people have of you that it's kind of like a defensive thing that you have to prove to them that you're not going to murder them or you're not going to rob them you know <laughs> like, and it, co- it goes with the territory it's just as humans we judge aesthetically that's the way we are you know and I understand the curiosity of it but as long as that curiosity doesn't cross over into a disrespect yeah I'm fine with it and I'll answer all the questions and stuff like that but it does get a little bit benign and frustrating you know day to day so because yeah, like my wife said to me today, I think it was like yesterday. She's a friend, one of her best friends. Literally, is such you're the only guy, right? That she would allow to do piercings on her and I think her daughter, possibly or something like that. It was like it's Baz Black or it's nobody at all. So it isn't like so. Like, would you have noticed, especially at the start, like where you had the same clientele? Because you just said that level of no, not trust. Because obviously, it's all. I know you have to trust the person who's doing things this, but would you have noticed that it was constantly like you would see the same faces over and over again because they were like, right, it's you or I'm just not getting it done at all. Like, Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, it's the biggest compliment that you can get. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you build up the regulars and they trust you and, um, and, their, and their experience. And there, there's some people on the flip side that don't really give a shit. They don't really care about who's doing it, what the quality is. They just, they just want to get it done, they'll get it done. But the majority of them would be, yeah, for me, repeat customers. Yeah. Um, and then what happened with that, as amazing as that is, and this is not an egotistical thing, but what happened then when I had the shops and we were so busy was that I was like away doing all the other stuff that I do, you know, like the acting and the music and all that kind of stuff. But they would walk in and they would expect me to be there all the time, you know. And then there was there was other piercers that worked for me and I trained them and you know. But it was always like, oh no, I'll come back when Baz is there. And then I felt like a massive obligation and weight to try. I was trying to keep everyone happy, and I ended up just burning myself out between everything, you know. So it, it is a nice thing, but sometimes it's just like because they want you and they don't want anyone else. It's kind of like you feel like you're obligated to be there all the time, you know. And for your staff, obviously, as well, you're saying you're training your staff. You know what I mean? Like you're, These are guys yeah. that you have put the time and effort into. But yet people yeah, kind of go, ah, it's grand. I'll, 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 I'll come back yeah. on Tuesday. Like, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Sorry, Kev, you were going to say something there. Yeah, like, Baz, you're known around the town, and I kind of knew you around the town from uh, from the tattoos, being the piercer. I kinda, and then I never realised the acting, okay? I never realised that was always in that was always kind of in, in there. Like, uh, you went to study in Bow Street uh, Acting Academy. How did the, how, when did the acting start and when did that become a, like a, a really big passion of yours? 
Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of funny, like people these days say to me like, oh, you're acting now, that's your new yeah. thing, it's amazing. <laughs> I've been fucking 15 years, like, plugging <laughs> away at it, you know? Um, and it's only in the last couple of years that it's come to fruition a little bit. But like, to be honest with you, it started way, way back when I was a kid, uh, started with theater. And then- um, You were in like, Greece, weren't you? You were Danny in Greece. I was Danny in Greece, yeah. yeah. Well researched. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, so I did that theatre kind of thing and then kind of music and martial arts took over and then um, later on in life then I kind of got pulled into the alternative modelling side of things. Now I do mean pulled in because like as confident as I may seem on social media and all that, I'm notoriously quiet and shy in my real life. I'm like fucking split personality. So I was really like a rabbit in the headlights with that stuff. But it was because of the tattoos. They kept asking me and asking me. And then I kind of got used to it. I kind of put on a persona where I, you know, I acted like I was confident doing it. And then through that, it was like um, music videos and getting asked to be in like small kind of commercial stuff. And um, so I got the bug then for acting again. And I've been plugging, like I said, about 15 years now plugging away um, and in the last few years, it's 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 such a long game, and any actor who tells you different is lying, you know. And if you see anybody doing anything, they don't just come from nowhere. They've been at it for for a long time because a lot of rejection in the industry as well. Well, I suppose like if you come to like, I suppose most recent, right? Like for example, Sunday night about a month or two ago, you know what I mean? You were on Kin. You know what I mean? Like the new love hate. You know what I mean? That people for some reason decided to call it right. Like, obviously, for something that had such a big, massive, um, before it even started, like, you know what I mean? Like, the pull that it was getting because people believed it was going to be something, like, kind of else. Like, like how did it feel being, like, in a part of that? And, you know what I mean? Like, around that kind of a cast and that, like. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, and I mean, you know, it was only only a small part or whatever. But um, that all came through uh, Louise Kiley, the casting director. And she's been, like, um holding the torch for me for a long time and she pushes me because obviously with the look I do get the gangster and the drug dealer and all that and that's really fun I love playing that kind of stuff but there is a lot more to well, you, you, you're not going to get the priest buzz you know what I mean you're not going to oh, be cast as a priest you know? you know what this is just fucking completely ironic but um my next movie I'm filming in Malta and I am playing a priest no <laughs> well hey yeah. I'll be honest, I got a WhatsApp video sent to me today of a priest, right? Uh, I'm not going to say what he was at, but I'm, anybody can be a priest. Anybody, so can, be a priest, anybody yeah. can be a priest. That's in Malta, though. In Malta, yeah. yeah. I did a film called Pulsanella there during the summer with Danny Patrick, the director, and uh, his next film, um, is, it's been filmed in Malta, and he was like, uh, I want to cast you as a priest. And I was like, Danny, have you fucking seen me? Like, you know? And he was like, just read the script. You'll understand when you read the script. I've written it specifically for you. And like, basically, I'm playing like an exorcist priest in the 1900s, and any modern tattoos will be, um, I have like burn marks, there's a whole backstory to it. And it's like a lead role, but it's, it's, it's directors like that that can see past the image and put you in these roles that's what you need you know and louise kiley with kin that was the same thing like she got me uh, into the badlands was my first big network show in 2015 um, and she's always always like pushing for my corner and she yeah. pushed me for kin uh, did i actually did uh, four auditions i think for four different characters and um i mean like when you see who was cast in some of those characters you like you understand that you kind yeah. of never had a chance or whatever but uh, just to be around them working with Kieran Hines was amazing and I was actually in the the fifth episode loads back and forth with him and the way they edited it 
it was like 30 seconds and ah, that's right. what happens yeah. a lot on, yeah. on these kind of shows you just never know what's what's going to happen with them but yeah it was an amazing experience and Dermot Gogan's a director I've been in good contact with him since and he's he's brilliant he's going to be the next big thing I think so as you can probably like if people aren't watching this uh, but as, you, as, as I can see behind you you're you're, you're kind of a movie buff uh, Baz by, by what looks to be uh, what else be going on in the all porn? <laughs> Same as mine then. <laughs> I just had I just had them on a USB now. Um, so what like what would, what would be your favourite movie? Oh fuck! Um, I love I love escape movies. So any kind of prison escape movies. But I love Papillon, the Steve McQueen, Dustin. Yeah, Rock the original. Film. Yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that'd be one of my all time. I think I've watched that more than any other film. So yeah, that'd be my favorite one. Well, love it. I'll tell you what, right on the L podcast, right? We do what's called a would you rather question, right? Now, Faz, honestly, some of these are fucking horrendous, right? <laughs> okay, right. I mean, horrendous, right? I'm talking about like parents and porno movies and stuff like that, right? Okay, so. I have one for you, which is nothing like that at all, right? This is very simple, okay? Would you rather, okay, act alongside your, like, absolute favorite actor, actress, you know what I mean? Like, or would you rather tattoo your favorite, like, actor, actress? Oh, 100% act, act, yeah. 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 That's what I, yeah. I, I was thinking. So I was. have an idea. Because, I mean, yeah, the acting thing, like, I mean, as much as I love Pearson, I've been Pearson for 18 years now, and um, I, I just do it on a guest spot basis now, and I flow in. But, uh, like, we have a production company, so we I write and direct my own films and stuff like that. So we're really pushing hard on that side of things and the acting, and it's just my my number one love is, yeah. is that, you know? So, yeah, it would be that all, all day long. Yeah. Well, remember, if you ever need two lads, yeah. Baz, like, you know what I mean? Like, we're free, like, most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, We could slot you in somewhere, yeah. Yeah, just like, I'll, I'll be at the bar with a Guinness. <laughs> He'll be at the bar with a Heineken Zero. And, you know what I mean? We'll, 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 yeah. we'll make it work. <laughs> well, our, our feature film, uh, Dublin Crust, which is uh, based on punk bands that I was in, and um, we're filming that actually in Dundalk and Drada, even though it's kind of set in Dublin, uh, March next year. So we'll 100% get you down. There's a big gig scene at the end. We're there filming we it in the Imperial Hotel. So yeah, we'll get you down there. Only around the Lovely corner. stuff. That'll be my first acting role pick, but there you go. But that is, like, it, it is, it must be, it, it must be, if you if always had this love of acting, to be, to get this for what 13, 15 years later, it must be a great achievement to yourself. I know you, you see you act as if like um, you have this persona from from time to time, even with, with the modeling. But I'm sure in your heart and soul, it's just like yeah, fine. It's it's finally kicking off for me. Yeah, it kind of is, but like it's so bittersweet and like you know, social media can make things look way better than they are and. It's like, it's not as if the phone is ringing every day, you know, you're still pushing and struggling. And uh, like, I have, I have an Irish agent, I have a UK agent, and they're always like pushing for you. And then, I mean, th the reason for making your own work then is if you're not getting the parts that you want to get, or you're just not getting any fucking parts, is go make your own work, you know? Yeah. And it's worked out well for us. And the short films have won loads of awards. And that's a stepping stone to making this big feature film now. Um, but yeah, it never feels like, you know, it's never enough. And any anybody that's in the industry that's like, yeah, I've made it now. 
I think they should get out. You know, you're, you you yeah. need to keep striving and trying to be better than than what you were last year. So, well, and I, I asked this last week to uh, a guy we were talking. I'm back to me. Is that sometimes you get that kind of uh, feeling like you shouldn't be doing it, or like uh, so? I want to be found out at some stage. Absolutely, yeah. It's like fucking blagging your way through. Uh, and I mean, I think every actor is definitely like that. You know, they, they have that sense of insecurity. Um, I have a love-hate with acting. I absolutely love it. It fucking terrifies me, though. It's the scariest thing. And I've done stand-up comedy, live TV, and acting on a big set in front of 300 people. And if you fuck up, you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah. I mean, the pressure, and that's, that's the technical learning side of acting. You know, people are like, oh, acting's easy. It's like, yeah, put a, com- put a camera in front of your face with 300 <laughs> blank faces looking at you. It's a different story. Um, but yeah, definitely. And then even with the, the movie making side of things, you know, uh, I, never, I never really thought I would go down that road. And I was, you know, very skeptical about writing my own stuff. And I, even though I wrote a book and I put that out and it did well, um, the writing the scripts was a whole different story. And it, it just... Once I started doing it, I realized how much I love it. But like you said, yeah, you're you're afraid you're going to be found out someday to be like, this cunt doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, at like, I, I can imagine because we did we did a, a thing for suicide, uh, and Pickle had a camera, and I had to try to do literally one line, one line buzz, and it took yeah. us about what was it twenty minutes to get it well, with we, one it, line done. There was that many outtakes. Was... We put the video up of all the outtakes together and <laughs> it was just it was horrendous he was walking it, it five yards yeah yeah we're trying yeah. to walk I, I, the issue that i had was trying to walk and talk at the same time it yeah. was almost impossible to try to do that at the same time well that um that pulse and ella film that i was on during the summer it was an amazing absolutely amazing experience um but the I was playing the older brother to the protagonist, to the main guy in the movie, and um, he got tonsillitis during the shooting, so he was off for a week. So I spent a week talking to a piece of fucking sellotape. Oh, my God. To replace <laughs> him, eyeline-wise. And I remember there was one scene, and I was talking to the tape as if it was him. And then I had to follow an imaginary car and imagine someone getting out of it and commenting <laughs> as they were getting out. So I had the tape and an imaginary car. So this is the behind-the-scenes of a fucking actor, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, look, I suppose for me, like, obviously, I'm learning so much about you in, like, the 20-odd minutes that we're talking, right? So, like, it's not just acting, it's writing, it's directing, it's all that, okay? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, like, an Oscar down the road, right? But, like, you know what I mean? What what do you want, you know what I mean, in a sense, right? Like, say, like, number of years, whatever it is, like, five, ten years, like, what do you want? When me and you and Kev are talking again, right, in, like, the tree arena, that we're after booking out um, <laughs> because we're smashing it and we have you on as a guest. How are we introducing you? Like, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, like, the manifestation is the important part of it. And uh, for me, like, you know, the, the likes of Kane being on a show like that, for example, say Line of Duty, I'd love to be a regular on, yeah. a, you know, a BBC crime drama TV series where you get to spend months actually developing the character and, you know, so that's always been a, a massive goal of mine is to get on one of those kind of shows. And then on the filmmaking side of things, like with this feature film, I mean, it's like a full-time job, the amount of production that's going into it. Um, and for me to get that film onto Netflix is my, yeah. my big number one goal. Yeah. And like, we're even, we're shooting it to Netflix standards. 
Uh, Netflix okay. have a list of 14 cameras that you have to shoot on or you're not allowed on, on Netflix. All right. okay. um, so we're making sure that it's done to Netflix standards because that's going to be the big push to it. So if we can get that movie out there and uh, just even like it, it won the Dublin um, screenwriter script pitch, but the the tag that I have on the movie that they seem to, to love and it kind yeah. of encompasses what we're going for. It's called Dublin Crust and it's basically like uh, Dublin Crust is like train spotting meets the commitments and has an illegitimate love child with the full Monty. Like that's, the, that's the kind of goal, goal we're going for. You know? Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, so Netflix for that one and a, a big BBC crime series would be... Uh, cool. So pick up me, me and you could be on Netflix. You never know. We could be on Netflix. <laughs> you never know. We'll make sure people know. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. might know, but we'll make sure that people know about it. That could be the deal breaker if they find out you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shave my head. I don't really mind. I'll do that. Yeah. And this is only for Movember, so it is. But at least I know I can grow it if I have it's to good, do it. Like. Good. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Joe Rooney's in Dublin Crust and he he's grown one for his character. So, yeah. Yeah. See, it I'm like, oh, it's like I'm already part of it. So it is like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, so it is but no look come here don't be look I absolutely no doubt at all if that's the kind of standard you're trying to set of course you're going to hit those standards and you'll absolutely make the fucking yeah, film yeah. sounds fantastic so it does if you're naming three films that I love no offence I do love the full Monty um, then yeah, look it, it yeah it is like you know what I mean it's going to be well worth watching so it is like hey but um, yeah we're going by sorry you were going yeah, to say we, um, no I was just going to say we shot um a teaser concept trailer for Dublin Crust there a few weeks ago. Um, it's on my social media. I'll send it on to you. You can check yeah. it out anyway. Yeah, um, but like I always say, when you're pitching to these big production companies and investors and stuff like that, a visual is worth a thousand emails. You know, you can email them all you want yeah. all day long, but unless you show them your vision of what you're going for. And um, so we're pretty happy with the, the little trailer, but uh, I'll send it on to you after this. Yeah, anyway. cool. Look, you might have 35,000 followers. We have about 800. I'm sure that 800 might not have seen it, right? So you never know. It, it could help. So yeah, yeah. it could help. Steven Spielberg will be watching us as well. You never know what's going on. But yeah, Baz, thanks very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you, uh, learn a wee bit more about you, and hopefully our listeners will learn a little bit more about you and what, where you've been and what you've been doing. Uh, so thanks very much for uh, coming on and spending no some time with us. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, I love these these kind of uh, podcasts where it's it's not too formal. It's just a bit of a chat, you know? So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks a million. No worries. Thanks so much, mate. We really appreciate it, mate. Best of luck with everything. All right. Cheers, guys.